UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans, since 1999. Hello, this is Phil Callahan, and welcome to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. We're starting a new feature this week. Joining us is Clint Derringer. Clint, welcome to the podcast. Would you like to give a few words about uh, the feature that you're working on this season? Yeah, thanks, Phil. I uh, let me start by saying I'm I'm really excited to uh, to join the team. Um, I, I was I was so so happy to compile the uh, the article that we released earlier this week, and uh, I'm I'm almost twice as excited to get into some of the content and be able to talk uh, directly with you back and forth on this. So. Um, like I said in the article, the, the basis for uh, how I'm going to form my opinions or at least how I'm going to review uh, what what the football team has done or try to predict what they're going to do is uh, based in the S&P and statistical analysis models, uh, the five factors that, uh, that kind of go into a successful football team, a successful uh, football game for a team, and, and that's I'll, I'll take all of that information and then try to process it. So, so my my goal is to take a lot of that uh, boring statistical analysis and, and turn it into something uh, easy to understand and a little bit simpler comparisons. This or that, us or them. Um, so that's that's what I'm, I'm trying to do, and that's what I tried to do with uh, my season predictions. And I got to the end and said, yeah, yeah it looks a little bit optimistic, but. Uh, I, I prefer to consider that a, a high standard for, for what I expect a Michigan's football program to do year to year. So when we're looking at these stats, um, you know, S&P Plus, what is it exactly does that stand for, Clint? So S&P Plus is a, a ranking system that it, it's not necessarily um, Team A is better than Team B. Uh, typically what it is, is is kind of like war. One of the, the sabermetrics in baseball is comparing everybody to the average. So the S&P, S&P Plus rating, positive ratings are better than average, and negative ratings are less than average. And those are in points scored, like football points. So if you're a plus seven, you're a, a touchdown better than the average Division One of, you know, 130 uh, football bowl series teams. So, um that's the that's the real high level view of it. Um, additionally, there's the, as I mentioned before the five factors within a football game, um, uh, and some of the advanced analysis in there talks about four of them being within the team's control, and then the fifth being somewhat uh, luck based. But the uh, the five factors are explosiveness, you know, big plays, efficiency. Uh, kind of staying on schedule, staying in front of the chains. Uh, field position, obviously, where you're starting your drives. Uh, finishing drives, how, uh, how effective are you when you get inside uh, what they determine to be the red zone, which is actually inside the 40, not inside the 20. And then turnovers, um, the turnover factor being somewhat luck-based. You know, sometimes fumbles bounce right back up to the same guy. Uh, sometimes... Uh, a receiver tips a ball and it falls harmlessly. Sometimes uh, it tips a ball and it turns into an interception. So there's a little bit of a uh, you know good luck or bad luck portion to that. And and I put penalties in there with turnovers for my model, just because I think that's kind of the the mental and, and luck edge. You can have some control over it, but uh, typically um, you can't control the refs either. So those are the five factors. 
Um, what I'm going to try to do is compile stats as I watch uh, the games each week uh, using a, the model that I created and then compare where the edge was and try to help us process what we saw on the screen and then utilize those same models to figure out what we're going to see um, in the week coming up in the next week game. And then the S&P stand for, uh, you know, the top level things are success rate and points per play. So um, one of the really cool things that I think that, that I like about how you're approaching this is you're projecting the full season based on the initial statistics, and then we're going to compare week by week and see how things uh, compare and, and how the statistics morph as more and more data is put into the model. So what do you foresee for, for the Notre Dame game? I mean, that's the thing that everybody's thinking about right now. Everybody's excited about the, the season opener and, you know, Michigan fans know that if they can get, you know, have a successful first game, they're they're really lined up uh, for for a nice run and, and hopefully, uh, you know, putting themselves in a position to make a run at the Big Ten East. But first things first, how do things look for, for Notre Dame? Well, statistically, um, using the information that we've got, since there hasn't been a downplayed yet in 2018, the information that we've got are uh, – the last two years of performance, 2016 and 17, returning production from last year's team, and uh, the last two years of recruiting rating. So um, that's kind of what every football team is right now in the media, and that's the, the same kind of model that the S&P system is using. But when you crunch the numbers and compare off our offense to their defense and Notre Dame's defense to our offense, um, my model shows that we are actually only separated by point three, three tenths of a point um, in the overall between Michigan and Notre Dame, with Notre Dame having a very, very slight edge. So, um, this it's it's a virtual pick'em um, to put it in Vegas terms, and even even using the the Vegas model, uh, Michigan was favored to start, and, and I think uh, Notre Dame is now favored a little bit. And, and some of those things transition based on who's betting where, but uh, um, right now it's it's dead even, and I I'd be I wouldn't be surprised if it's a dead even pick'em game um, when we get to Saturday's kick. So statistically, we're talking about a dead heat. Um, the reason that I picked Michigan to win, um, based on my analysis, is because the uh, initial ranking for Michigan's offense is 45th. And I, I have higher hopes for Michigan's offense than, than that. I think that they're going to end up uh, right on the fringe of the top 25 in terms of offense using the, uh, the S&P um, efficiency and explosiveness metrics. I think we're all uh, equally concerned about the offensive line and their struggles, uh, especially out of the tackle positions. But um, given some of the stuff that uh, Harbaugh, has done in his past as an offensive coordinator with Colin Kaepernick and the 49ers, some of the stuff that Shea Patterson uh, did and did well with Ole Miss, um, and an offensive line that I would argue is worse than Michigan's was last year, if you can believe that. Um, those RPOs, and there are other scheme things, that they can take some of the pass protection uh, pressure off of your offensive line. So I think we're going to find other ways to mitigate what we all agree is probably our biggest weakness. 
And, and the main reason that um, RPOs and, and Patterson's skill set uh, help take pressure off is because on a, on a run-pass option play, the offensive line is blocking it as if it's a run. The read is the quarterback's but the offensive line all blocked the run play. And this is more prevalent in college because in college the linemen can go up to three yards down the field without getting a penalty, and it's, I think it's one yard in the NFL rule. So uh, you've got some more wiggle room there in college game that those guys can just block a run play, which is what our tackles are better at, and it's up to the quarterback to, to read either the linebacker or, or safety typically um, and make the decision whether to go ahead and give the handoff or, or to hit the quick pop pass. So um, because of that, because I think the statistics say we're even and I think the statistics say our offense is, I think, is understated, we're going to be better than what they say, I, I expect to win. Now, with all of that said, um, the real, real key to the entire game will be uh, – execution of special teams you know uh in the kicking game with uh, field position and punting and and obviously making big plays uh in the return game if possible so if everything else is a wash which is what the numbers are telling us then it's going to be about uh who executes that uh that um 33 of the game uh in special teams and that's a total unknown for me we, we don't know anything about uh what michigan's going to look like and special teams, and, and I'm a little bit concerned that uh, I think Brad Robbins was supposed to be our punter and is down with an injury, so it's, uh, it's a little bit nerve-wracking at this point. Well, one thing to consider, too, is that, as you said, the model takes into account the last two seasons, and I think we both agree that last season was atypically poor on offense. So while the two-year average has us at a certain point, I, 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 I'm tending to throw a certain amount of the data from last year out or, or, or consider it a little bit less. I, I sure hope we're not as bad as last year. I mean, I think we agree that, uh, you know, the team is going to need to get much better on offense. Um, you know, the other thing that, that we have to consider is that, you know, with the news of Tariq Black being out and uh, the, the further news that it kind of, leaked out a little bit last year that he had become, or last week, that he had become Shea Patterson's favorite receiver in practice. Um, you know, it's an, it's you know on a personal level, it's unfortunate for him. Um, the, the timing is really unfortunate. I mean, you never want a guy to get hurt, but uh, to get hurt on one of the last practices before game week, uh, it, it really, you know, you have the possibility of disrupting whatever... Um, uh, interaction that those two had, the feel that those two had. Um, you know, the Coach Harbaugh says that there's a possibility he'll be back this season. We wish him the best, but that is a, a, a knock heading into this game. You know, and the other thing I, I, that comes to mind for me, uh, Clint, is whenever it's a pick em game, you, you usually or you can give a nod to the home team. It's going to be a night game. Things are going to be crazy down in South Bend. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how this model holds up. And, you know, I, I agree with what, with what you said. I have hopes, I have higher hopes that the offense is going to, um, come back to, to normal under, under Harbaugh, you know, what we've seen in the first couple seasons. 
and and hopefully that will be enough to uh, to compound with the defense and have a pretty successful night. I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, Clint, I know we talk about the numbers, but you know you've been watching Michigan football for a long time and you have some experience close to the team. Um, how do you think like a night game plays into it? How do you think playing Notre game? What kind of intangibles do you do you do you do you see? Um, in terms of a night game, it it tends to favor the more experienced team. Um, what a night game turns into is just a very long day of waiting, um, especially on opening night. You you get uh, all of the games that kick off at noon and three thirty, and everybody, the whole country is kind of tuned in. Um, college game day starting at 9 a.m. or everybody is just chomping at the bit um, for the season to get going and, and then put yourself in the minds of, of the Notre Dame and Michigan players and coaches and they know they've got, you know, 9 a.m. when everybody's chomping at the bit, they've got, you know, 10 hours before kick. So um, that takes a certain mental toughness and experience to understand how to manage your day, how to, how to try to stay rested um, at the right time. And, uh, and, and also when to kind of flip the switch and, and get yourself into that game prep mode where you're really, um, where you're really starting to ramp up and get ready to go. So, uh, both teams are, are, I think have, have, again, they're pretty close in terms of experience. They're both returning a lot of starters, uh, on the defensive side from last year. Um, there are questions at quarterback on both sides. And both coaches are, uh, you know, have been to the very, you know, have been to the pinnacle in the sport with uh, Harbaugh in the Super Bowl, and and Brian Kelly's played in the national title game. So, uh, I, I think it's gonna. I think I don't think it favors one team or the other. I, I thought of that the same way, but um, that's that's how it's gonna work for the players and for the coaches. Is, is it's more of a challenge to understand the timing of the day and it becomes an exercise in time management until they get to probably um probably after lunch you know so there'll probably be a team meal uh around lunchtime where they start to try to treat lunch almost as breakfast right and and start the day uh at noon and and get everybody starting to try to build that crescendo towards kickoff at 7:30 Well, it is going to be interesting. You know, I know that Shea Patterson has some experience coming from Ole Miss. This is going, as you said, you know, listening nationally, everyone is focusing on this as being the premier game of of the day. Um, I think there are a lot of, there's a lot of anxiety out there among Michigan fans after the way last season ended. There's a lot of hope. Looking forward to see Shea, looking forward to see Shea Patterson, what he can do. Um, you know, we talk about the offensive line, and, and the questions for me are, are at the tackles, which is, uh, you know, interesting when you're trying to protect a quarterback. It'll be interesting to see how things shake out. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Clint, do you have any, any final words for the podcast? Uh, again, I appreciate the opportunity to join the team. I uh you and I have enjoyed uh, talking about football and, and Michigan specifically football for 
over a decade now, and uh, I'm glad to glad to be able to kind of dig into this uh, and jump in with both feet. So I'm I'm very excited. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. We will pick this up next week after we know the results of the game. That's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan with Clint Derringer. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.